Hi, welcome back to the Philosophical Musician. Today, I think we're going to talk about something near and dear to my heart. It has to do with music, and it also has to do with ridicule, criticism, and negative energy. When I was younger, when I was in my early 20s, I would play guitar at church, and I wanted to serve God and help people to enter into worship. And I was still very young and naive and didn't understand that worship is not singing songs, but it is how you live out your life by whatever faith you conscribe to. But there were those that were making rude, disseminating declarations that, one, they did not appreciate the style in which I played guitar. I was primarily a lead guitarist. And I had a lot of training in blues and metal. So I played a lot of stuff that they didn't appreciate. Now, I played clean. I didn't use distortion, but I played arpeggios and scales and modes and other stuff, and I also played rhythm. But there are those that didn't want to be a part of the symphony. They wanted to be detractors. They didn't appreciate what I was doing. <clears throat> they were naysayers. They kind of poo-pooed everything. They weren't happy about much. So it was difficult for me and very disconcerting. Uh, probably, and I played Sunday morning twice because we had two services, Sunday night and Wednesday worship, and sometimes on Fridays because I was also the volunteer youth pastor for the junior high or high school at the time. It's been a while. I don't remember but my main goal was that I wanted to be a minister. Now, I've changed a lot since then. But I still feel that music is a great example of life. It is an orchestration, a, a beautiful construction that shows harmony and balance. Even in some of the heaviest stuff I listen to, there is a lot of melody. People don't realize that there is melody in those things. But that's not really what I want to talk about. Negative energy can come from anywhere. It can come from church members, it can come from your family, it can come from friends, it can be given to you from a myriad of locations. So we, as humans, need to understand that it is our job to be a part of the harmonious balance of life and not to be detractors. 
Now, that's not to say that we should just go along for the ride either. If there are things that are definitely outside the scope of harmonious existence, then they shouldn't be tolerated. Hate is one of them. <clears throat> now, one day, this is a story. One day I was walking out to wait for my son, who is disabled. He has mosaic Down syndrome and autism. And he was being dropped off at from, from the bus from school. And I was listening to, I think, Kill Switch Engaged or... I don't remember the exact song that was on Pandora at the time, but I listened to heavy metal. And someone that I knew said that he just heard nothing but hate in that music. And the lyrics of that song were actually uh, not full of hate. So tonalities, as in the way you speak or the tone of your voice, can infer a characteristic of your mood. Now, I didn't find the music to be hateful. I found it to be quite pleasant. And I was enjoying my listening. But I turned it off to be respectful to an uninformed individual. But more so, when you decide to criticize someone you are essentially stating that, one, you believe that what they're doing is incorrect. For instance, I, I had an individual tell me that the way I played was demonic. Which, how could that be if I was just playing notes? Notes don't have demons. Uh, I don't care what anybody thinks. There is no Diablos in Musica. That's what the... Catholic Church ascribed to. That's why they wouldn't let certain minor chords be played. Or I think it's uh, flatted fifths and augmented fourths were not allowed to be played in church music and they were considered the devil's note, which is silliness. Um, so anyways, uh, so I was told that the way I play is demonic. And so yes, sometimes... The perception of tonality in a person's voice can be misperceived from the receiver. So we have to be cautious in the way that we listen to other people. Maybe their tone is one of sarcasm and they're not trying to be vicious. They're just being sarcastic. Sarcasm is just a way of human expression and it shouldn't be criticized, it should be looked upon with, you know, understanding that this person is trying desperately to get across an idea, and they're trying to do it in a sardonic manner so that as to maybe add levity to what they're saying without saying it in a heaviness of, of a, trying not to let it be too critical. But when a person comes out and just straight up says something critical to you, whether it's music related and or just you in general as a person, they're not being a harmonious person. They're not being harmonious in the symphony of humanity. They're not, they're not joining the symphony. There, there are some situations where it's okay to be disharmonious. Uh, 
there are some situations that demand us to be involved in what may cons be considered a hostile manner. That That's part of life. But just doing it all the time is not okay. You know, it, I, I had a lot of traumatic experiences when I was younger. And I'm talking even into my 30s, I had traumatic experiences happen <clears throat> that molded my perceptions. So I have a lot of self-esteem issues when it comes to performing in front of people. I, I get very nervous and I tense up and I can't be free to function as a musician. But also, this in the same vein, uh, if you're at work and all you receive is criticism on a constant basis from your superiors and or your, your boss or those that are in charge of those people, it causes you a degree of tension. It's like a leading tone that's not in the scale, but it just stays there and it doesn't resolve. And, and sometimes criticisms, they have no construction, constructive uh, information. They're just, uh, you're doing that wrong, and then they walk away. Okay, well, what about, hey, show me what I'm doing wrong. Teach me how to do it correctly. Instruct me. But that doesn't happen. People just kind of drop that in your lap, and then they just go on with their, their day. Much in the same way, I had two different guitar teachers. One could play really well, but did not teach very well. The other one taught really well and played really well and was interested in making sure that you understood what he was trying to teach. The other one just kind of, here's the lesson, I'm going to noodle around and show off, and that was that. So what I'm getting at, the essential core of this conversation, is that to be disharmonious with the rest of what's occurring is not a good idea. Now, this has nothing to do with a person's personal choices to be vaccinated or wear a mask or um, be involved in something that is destructive and or negative to society. I'm just talking about just functioning as a team of humans or as an orchestra, if you will. You know, I know the analogy can fall flat in a certain situations. One should never participate in illegal activities and one should not involve themselves in things that are destructive or uh, malfeasant to society. There are times when we must separate ourselves from society and stand against what they believe is harmonious function. Nothing should ever be crammed down your throat. Nothing should ever be forced on you. Let's get this straight. I don't believe in just blindly following. I'm just saying that there are harmonious ways to function. I have training in the martial arts. I am highly skilled in physical combat. 
do I seek it out? No, because I learned through many years of training how to dismantle a human body. Organs, ligaments, limbs, joints, even things that can cause one to expire. So, I'm not just some guy that gets into a ring to show off. I am an individual that would fight on the street for my life. I do not believe that any exercise of fighting to exemplify one's masculinity is a good idea. I think it gives a misperception to your ability to execute certain things in a, in a street fight. But that's a different conversation for a different day. So more about how disharmonious trauma can affect you and the collective of those around you. I had abuse from a multitude of different areas. They decided to use traumatic things to try to force me to comply. I don't need to get into it. You can put the pieces together, add those things up. The, the essential part of this is that, yes, trauma affects you, and it affects you for the rest of your life, and then you have to learn how to function again. You have to learn how to let go of that trauma, get the help that you need, and you know, find someone to assist you. You know, I couldn't play certain things, and I wanted to learn, so I went to a guitar teacher. Some people have trauma, and they need to go and have that trauma put out in the open in front of a therapist so that the therapist can help you to talk through it, to give you uh, important behavioral modification techniques so that you can be harmonious and that you can function within the collective without causing disturbances. You know, I'm not innocent. I did things that I'm not proud of. I have, I allowed my mental disorders to run my life and I did things that I wished I never would have done that I cannot rectify, that I cannot fix. So now I have to live with that. Not, people don't realize this is that when you do something uh, that is without, with, with, outside of the harmoniousness of, you know, maybe your, your social structure, your sphere, and or your family, it has far-reaching, long-lasting effects. So if you have trauma, if you have something that happened to you, you should seek help. You, that, that, that's, you know what we should do as a society. So, what you say to other people, no matter, you know, what you expect their reception to be, um, your intention is not as important as how you hurt and or affect that person. Like I said, sarcasm can be painful, but sometimes sarcasm is used 
to try to not specifically, succinctly say what you're trying to say. Honesty is important. Honesty is very important, and it, it has to be used. Um, but this, this is kind of difficult because it's personal. The, the things that were said to me when I was a child about the fact that I, I was raised without a father and uh, I was called names that I don't want to repeat, um, it affected me. I felt as though I was a mistake, that I was unwanted, that I was not sanctioned. Uh, and then I read things in the Bible that stated that illegitimate children aren't really very appreciated by God. That's my interpretation of it. It was in uh, a book in the Old Testament. I don't remember off the top of my head. Sorry, this is kind of an extemporaneous podcast. Um, so, I found myself at a young age diving as deeply into intellectia, intellectual concepts. Uh, I began to read the dictionary and began to expand my vocabulary so that I could, with better uh, precision, explain myself and make people understand where I was coming from. You see, I wanted to function better and be more harmonious, be more uh, functioning. So, uh, basically, make yourself excellent. Make yourself better. Learn how to reach out and discover new concepts, new ideas, things that are helpful, not things that are damaging. Well, I had a lot of things that happened to me at church that damaged me as a person. They hurt me. I was hurt. I was emotionally damaged. And it was difficult because these were people that were supposed to be representations of Christ, yet they did not act so. So it was not easy for me to swallow the criticisms. And I was, I was enveloped completely in the church that I was raised in. I not only worked for the church organization uh, after I turned 18, I was a youth pastor, I went to the Bible college that they built. I wanted desperately to be a minister, but there were things in my own personal life that prevented me from doing so. I now do not conscribe to the evangelical Christian lifestyle. So I'm not a Christian evangelical, but I love the teachings of Christ. I love the person of Christ, but I don't live like Christ sometimes. So it's difficult for me to call myself a Christian. Anyways, I, I, in closing, try to be careful with what you say.
I'm not saying that you have to be nice all the time, but just try to think of new ways to say what you're trying to say without being traumatizing or critical. And I mean, if you give criticism, make sure that it's constructive and not just, oh, dude, you suck. But hey, you're doing this incorrectly. Let me show you a better way. Work smarter, not harder. That kind of thing. Anyways, uh, thank you for listening. I hope you have a pleasant day. And be good humans. And be part of the harmony. Be part of the symphony. Thank you. This is the Philosophical Musician saying goodbye. Well, it's been a while. I've been trying to deal with a bunch of stuff in my personal life. But just wanted to jump on here and make a quick podcast and just remind everybody that we live in the now. It's kind of like when you're playing in a band and you're creating music without recording it and it just goes off into the atmosphere. That's kind of like your day. It just goes off into the atmosphere. You just live in the perpetual now. I was reflecting on how it is that we are so concerned and focused on the past that we cannot change and we are anxiously awaiting the future which we have no control over. So what is it that we should do? Well, Eckhart Tolle in his book, uh, I can't remember the title, In the Now or something like like Living in the Now, um, he reminds us, and also his book, uh, A New Earth, he constantly is reminding us that we cannot do anything about the future nor the past. The notes have been played. And you don't know what kind of music life will write for you tomorrow. But if you live in the right now, if you perceive that life is like a jam session, and you're just living for that moment, if we learned to enjoy our lives in the now, Maybe there would be more happiness and peace and love in the world. I'm not perfect. I get anxious and think about the past and think about the future. And I cannot focus on what I need to do. Some of those things are very helpful to myself. Like making sure that I am focused on Pursuing the things in life that make me happy. Writing music. Doing podcasts. I let my life stress interfere with me pursuing my my podcast. And doing a lot of other things. So I would just admonish everyone to continue living their life's purpose. And that purpose is very easy. It's whatever you happen to be doing at the moment. Because these ideas of destiny or some great life's purpose 
are thrust upon us by other individuals that are focused so much on the future that they cannot see what is right in front of them. Their families, their children, their loved ones, maybe even a co-worker or someone that needs a smile, an encouraging word, something positive. And we talk a lot about positivity and uh, getting away from negative thinking, but unfortunately, we live in an era when uh, everyone is easily offended and they cannot think for themselves. They cannot come to any degree of self-conclusion or self-reliance or self-determination without the influence of others around them. I, I suffer from the same thing sometimes. I tend to be a bit of an attention hound. And I'm always wanting someone else's opinion, but I need to learn to stand on my own two feet and continue with my daily uh, life. I'm looking at have needing to, to relocate again. Uh, my cousin and my grandmother are most likely going to lose their home. So I'm going to have to either relocate back to my ex-wife's abode and or I will have to relocate to another state where I have my best friend telling me I have some place to live in Ohio or go live with someone that I love dearly in Spokane, Washington. But then I don't get to see my kids. So life can be perplexing. And if I just focus on the possible eventuality of those situations I can't enjoy today. And isn't that what life is? Enjoying the moment? You know? There's too much neurosis and too much anxiety based on everyone else trying to force their will of anxious life on everyone else. Oh, what are we going to do tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? What about tomorrow? Well, you cannot become so focused on tomorrow that you cannot see today. I was sitting out uh, in the backyard, and I was just sitting there smoking a cigarette and just kind of trying to take in what was going on around me. And I noticed this wasp, and this wasp landed on the pool in the backyard. And I was amazed that a wasp can move the surface of an 18,000-gallon pool. It may not seem that phenomenal to you, and sure, it has scientific explanations behind it, but still, such a small insect with such tiny little thin wings was still able to push the water away as the wings fluttered. And then he landed, and his little body made ripples even more. And I just continued watching the wasps pick up water and go about their business building their nest, their hive. And then I looked over in the corner of the yard and there was 
the corner of the yard, there was a, like an eight-foot strand of spider web, just wistfully blowing in the wind. And it was connected between a palm tree and the stump of a tree, and it was just there. And it wasn't being broken, but it was flowing nicely with the wind. And then I was sitting there and there was a breeze and I could feel the breeze blowing across the hair follicles on my arms. I mean, do we ever just sit and contemplate the small things that we believe to be insignificant, but they are not. They are significant to the fact that they are a part of our everyday lives. The sun warming our skins and giving us vitamin D. The wind blowing across our hair follicles. And I live here in, in the desert in Arizona and it's extremely hot. And when there's a little breeze and you're a little sweaty, it does feel a little refreshing to have just a little bit of coolness. Not much when it's 112, but still, you know, it's the function of the body, you sweat, and through expiration of, you know, heat, by perspiration, then you begin to feel the effects of the wind blowing across your sweaty arm. But I began to really think about the small things. I have three children with autism. And their small things that they accomplish, a milestone. They are moments that other parents don't really cherish and or take into consideration. They take for granted. I, I'm reminded of a story once when I was working in a retail facility. And I was working at the cash register and a woman came up with a very young child two, maybe three, and they kept telling their mother repeatedly, I love you, Mommy. Mommy, I love you. I love you, Mommy. And she became irritated. And I could not hold my tongue, and I felt the need to inform her, educate her, give her some insight into the beauty of her child being able to speak. She was complaining and whining about it. She was complaining to me, and I said to her, imagine for a moment if your child was non-responsive, that you would say to them, are you hungry? And they would just stare at you. You would ask them, do you need something to drink? And they echoed back, do you need something to drink? Or they were so delayed that they couldn't even express a simple need or want. My son Daniel has moderate to severe autism. And he has some speech capability. Stephen, my stepson, is 27 and is still very delayed and he is still in a diaper. 
and my son Joseph has mosaic down syndrome and autism and he does not speak he's in a diaper and very delayed but the first time that Daniel of his own volition told me I love you daddy I think I cried for an hour it's one of those moments in life that maybe other parents don't cherish like this woman that was becoming annoyed at her child's constant repetition of I love you. So, remember that everything is precious. Life is precious. Everything is precious. When your child, maybe they're neurotypical, and they draw you a picture. Maybe it's simple, and it's just a stick figure with a lemon yellow sun and a little stick home. And he's just, he or she is just trying to say, hey, look what I did. You should cherish that. Put it on the refrigerator. Take a picture of it. Share it with your friends on whatever social media app you use. Because children need to see excitement in their parents. So this is part two. I was interrupted by a phone call. So as I was saying, that children need to see their parents become excited about what they're doing. They need to be excited about enjoying life. They, children learn from their examples. They learn from their adult peers how to experience life, how to function, how to be excited. I mean, I, I was in church most of my life, and there was always this stupid comment, fake it till you feel it. Well, that is not a good idea. The, the, the issue is, is that if you teach your children to enjoy their life, enjoy art and music and the things in life that are not tangibly educatable. Like, you know, let's look at this. Show them a piece of artwork, maybe from one of the great masters, Gauguin or Monet. Maybe an uh, uh, impressionist piece by Pablo Picasso or Salvador Dali or, you know, Renoir. The list goes on. Culture them. Give them an experience of culture. You know, if you have to, make them sit down and listen to a, a, a short piece of classical music. Maybe something by Chopin or maybe something short. Maybe, you know, Anna Kleine Nachtmusik or Elisa or any myriad of the Austrian and German composers, or maybe have them listen to a modern opera, like 
Phantom of the Opera, or Jekyll and Hyde, you know, any myriad of different things. So, you can't enjoy life if you're not living in the now. If you're not living for today. Tomorrow has enough problems of its own. Yesterday, you can do nothing about it. But you can live today. I mean, there's lots of philosophers and lots of, lots of sages. And Jesus Christ himself even told us that worrying about what tomorrow brings doesn't do anything for you. It adds no life. It doesn't add anything to your existence. So, live in the now. That doesn't give people carte blanche to go do things that are, you know, illegal. I'm talking about positive, good, nurturing things to live in the now. Because if you do, you know, there are certain things that will have future consequences. So, live in the now. Live life as though you possibly could be the fleeting last note of a symphony that just kind of is there and then gone. Remember that much of our anxiety in this modern society is caused by excessive uh, influence and excessive interference by outside stimuli social media news newspapers magazines hearsay gossip all of these things can cause anxiety so learn to just listen to yourself listen to the voice inside listen to Dare I say the universe if it speaks. There is something in us, intuitively, that knows the difference between this is good and this is bad, or this is positive, or this is negative, or that's not good for me, and this is good for me. We all have it in there, so listen to that voice. Learn to be disciplined to listen to the voice that's trying to tell you, hey, just focus on today. Focus on today. That's about all I have to say now. Hopefully I can start doing more um, podcasts. Um, got things kind of... My life is still wonky, but hopefully I'll get it all straightened out. Anyways, you guys have a great time, be good humans, be at peace, and please, try to live in the now. I bid you well. This is the Philosophical Musician saying goodbye.